Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. I want you to say with me, God is good. We're talking about, again, we're in a radical series, and uh, today we're talking about the fact that God is radically good. You know, there, well, everything about God is, is radical. Come on. I mean, we, we were singing about it and worshiping this morning and people talking, and you're seeing these testimonies, my God, his grace is radical. It's not explainable. It's radical. It's not human. It, it's, it's, it's supernatural. Everything about him is He's radically good. He's radically merciful. He's radically great. He's radically powerful. He is radically forgiven, forgiving. He is radically generous. He is radically faithful. He is radically gracious. And he is radically loving. I'll tell you what we're doing right here in the, in the start of this. If you guys will respond to me real good for 30 minutes, I'll quit in 30 minutes and y'all can go eat. <laughs> Do we have a deal? Do we have a deal? All right. Praise God. And I, how are you going to do that? In 30 minutes, I'm just going to quit. Because I can tie this in. Some of y'all are, really, are, not, are doubting that I'm going to do it, and I don't understand. Yeah, I do understand. You can't exaggerate the greatness of our God. He is radically great. Great is the Lord And greatly to be praised. Bobby, I done figured out how to fire them up. Tell them they can go eat in 30 minutes, brother, and they're going to... I'll work you. And by the way, somebody say, why do you go from side to side and why do you look around? I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. I'm looking for the love. So you don't know, to take it as a compliment when I start looking at you because I'm feeling the love. Can somebody say amen? Man, this is awesome. He is great and greatly to be praised. You cannot exaggerate his greatness and you cannot exaggerate his goodness. One more time with me to say today, God is good. God is good. You know that God wants to simply increase us and bless us because he is good. What's this? God doesn't just do good. He is good. He's good. But you know, let me just lay a little bit of foundation and let me go somewhere that's kind of deep on this Mother's Day, if you will give me the privilege. And ladies, we're going to talk about you in just a minute. We're going to tie some things in there. But if God is good and God is radically good, then why is there evil? Well, the answer is very simple, but it's also very complex. If God is good, why is there evil? Let me give you a one-word answer. Put it on the board. Love. Love isn't something that God does. Again, it's who He is. And you, now, now let, me, let, me, let me work this for just a minute. If the answer is love as to why there is evil, explain that to me, Brother Scotty. 
First of all, God is not a detached deity. He's not sitting up in heaven today, aloof, standing back. I'm telling you, God's love is interactive. God loved and he decided because he loved, he wanted to create something to love him back. But wherever there is love, watch this, there has to be choice. Are y'all here this morning? Wherever there is love, there has to be choice. Where there is no choice, there is no love. Because if I have to make you love me, you don't love me. Wow. And you know, if you understand that, if you get a hold of that, it will change your understanding of good and evil, of the sovereignty of God, of those things that we don't have time to go into today. But where there is no love, where there is no choice, there is no love because if, you, if I have to make you love me, you don't love me. Where there is love, there is freedom. Not what? If there's no free will, there is no love. And where there is love, there is choice. Where there is choice, there is potential for evil. Because God wanted love, he had to give choice. Amen? In order for God to have a world with no potential for evil, he would have had to create a world with no love. Boy, it's quiet in here. I hope y'all thinking about this. God created us with free will, and it was up to us whether we chose good or evil. And so what that means is at times in life, we get mad at the wrong person. There's a lot of folks mad at God when God didn't leave you. That old rascal you used to call husband left you. It was your father that left you. It was somebody else in that relationship that left you. And so you might be mad at the wrong person because the source of evil is not God's power. It's mankind's freedom, choice. Because we get to choose and because we get to choose, freedom apart from purpose is destructive. I said, freedom apart from purpose is destructive. And I'm not, I'm going to try to not stop and preach some things I'm going to bring in a few weeks, but it's really hard when you're getting these things. When I was, was feeling it this morning, but we're going to, we're going to let that lay for right now. So I can do, keep my promise and get you out of here in 30 minutes. Somebody say, come on, brother Scotty. Godly freedom acknowledges the protective custody of God's authority. And we'll leave that up. 
Godly freedom acknowledges the protective custody of God's authority. God knows better than you and me. He sets boundaries not because he hates us, but because he... Is this making sense? So I want you to tell somebody by you right now, God is good. He's real good. In fact, turn to Genesis chapter 2. Let me say something. We're just warming up here a little bit. In Genesis chapter 2, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but God is the embodiment of good. He is obsessed with goodness. And everything God created, watch this, after he would create it, he would stop and evaluate it. By the way, do y'all like how I'm dressed up this morning? Somebody said, boy, Brother Scotty, we like how you're dressed up. You look real good. You know what I said? You better take a picture. (laughs) Sorry, just had to get that in there. But everything God created, Bobby, he would stop and he would evaluate it. Now, I ministered a little bit on this before, but let's, let's look at it again. When God would create, for instance, he created the earth and the water. And after he created the earth and the water, he'd pause and say, what? That's good. God didn't have anybody else to amen, so he amened himself. That's why I do it sometimes. If you ain't bringing it, if you're not bringing it, I'll bring it myself. Amen, that's good preaching, Brother Scotty. You're looking fine, brother. Amen. (laughs) Earth and water, he said, it's good. Grass and trees, he said, it's good. Oh, yeah, that's good. Sun and moon, God said, oh, that's good. The fish and the birds, he said, it's good. The animals, he said, it's good. God kept saying, Oh, he would finish, he would look, he would evaluate, and he would say it's good until the sixth day. God created man. (laughs) Some of you ladies, you're inferring the wrong thing from this. (laughs) God created man. I didn't mean for that to come across like that, but hey, it is what it is. Some of you ladies been looking for your verse. You just found it. (laughs) And said. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what he said. I'm sorry. I wish he did. I'm trying to get myself out of this corner I have painted myself into. No, here's the point. God created man, and even though, yes, that was good, God looked at it and said, it's not good. (laughs) God said, it's not good. I've got to do something about it because I'm obsessed with good. And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Oh, ladies, I should have got a bigger amen than that. So ladies, here's my word to you on this awesome Mother's Day. What was not good, you made good. Come on! 
It's just not good without you. And I get an amen in the house. Boy, I tell you what, take them out to eat, guys. Bless them. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And here's the, here's the, here's the point of what I'm trying to say. God can't leave not good until... Lord, have mercy. I hope somebody will get a hold of this. Brother Scotty, what are you saying? I'm saying if you'll allow him to, God will not leave your life alone at not good until it gets good. Come on, Daryl. Come on, brother. Pull it out of me this morning. God's not going to leave my life alone at not good. He's going to keep working. He's going to keep shaping. He's going to keep molding. He's going to keep putting himself in there until not good gets good. Because he's good. Woo, I'm preaching better than y'all listening. Somebody stir it up. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 27. I got to stay on focus to keep my promise. God is radically good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I would have lost heart. Psalms chapter 27, verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, in order to, under, you know, in order to fully comprehend this, you know, I, I believe, Bobby, I believe that, that we need to realize the circumstances. When you hear somebody's story, or when you hear somebody or you see somebody praising God, it really helps if you know their story. When you say something or you stand up and you do something, you know, there are people that don't have to do anything in my life except walk by me and I see them and my heart just comes alive. You know why? Because I know their story. I know what it took to get them here. I know what it took, Coach, to get them through. I know what they went through to be able to do what they're doing. And boy, it just, their whole life just speaks. So David wrote this. But I'll never have David's conviction if I don't know what David knew. Life is unpredictable. But, now keep that thought. David had a hard life in a lot of ways. And he's not writing from theories or simply the academic understanding of the subject about the goodness of God. He is writing from experience. And listen, I tell you, 
I love to hear people who've been through it, experienced it. David's been through it. First of all, he was selected to be the king of Israel, but his own father doesn't believe he has the potential. Everybody say, not good. He's raised in a home where he's not favored by his own father. Everybody say, not good. He gets access into the palace. And all he wants to do is be the king's armor bearer. The king gets jealous and attacks him. Not good. He gets past all of that. He assumes his kingly role. He makes a mistake in his moral life, say, not good. And not only that, his first child dies. Not good. Then he has other children and begins to think, I've been restored and I've got past it all and God's grace is amazing. And one of his sons rapes his daughter. Not good. He doesn't do anything about it. And so another son kills that son. And then that son becomes so upset with David that he tries to kill David and turns David's kingdom against him. And then that son ends up being killed. So when you read the writings of David, realize the story of the man who wrote what we just read. Talk about some evil and talk about a hard life. And watch this. This was a man who was after God's own heart. A man who loved God. Made mistakes, but he loved God. But somewhere in the midst of all of that, David gets parchment, pen, whatever he had at that time and begins to write. And here's what he says. I would have lost heart. It's quiet in here. I would have lost heart. Now, how many of us, if we had had those things come against us, would be able to say, I would have lost heart. Now it makes sense. He says, I would have lost heart unless I Unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Meaning, I couldn't see it. Everything I was facing was telling me the exact opposite. Nothing in my life made sense. And I would have lost heart. I would have fallen apart like a $2 suitcase. Try packing a $2 suitcase sometime and taking it on a trip. You'll see what I'm talking about. It ain't going to last long. I would, my life would have been a mess, watch this, except 
for one thing. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. I couldn't see it with everything I was facing, everything that was going on. I couldn't see it, but what I couldn't see with these eyes, I had to believe. And when I believed, I could see with these eyes. What I couldn't see with my natural vision, I could see with the eyes of my heart. Because these eyes give sight and these eyes give you vision. But here is the bottom line. Our praise cannot be determined by what we see with these eyes. I said, my praise cannot be determined by what I see with these eyes, but with our spirit eyes. In fact, I tell you what I want you to do. Some of you who have walked through some hard seasons, you may be in a hard season right now. I doubt there's anybody in this house who's been through what David went through. But if that's you, and there are times when you're having a hard time seeing with these eyes, but you know that there's a vision on the inside of you that you're seeing with these eyes, I want you to take five seconds, stand up, and give God praise. And I mean praise Him like you believe it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are good. All right, you can be seated. David said, I had to believe that, watch this, that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where? Not just when I... It's going to be great goodness there, but let me tell you something. He said, listen, I had to believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But here, here's a really, really important point today. The enemy was after more than just David's kids and David's material possessions. The object of the attack is always to get you to stop believing in the goodness of God. Because if I can get you to stop believing in the goodness of God, I've got you in perpetual defeat. So David is saying, in spite of what I'm seeing with my eyes, in spite of what's going on in my life, in spite of the things that have come against me, I want you to know I would have despaired. I would have quit. I would have given up. I would have stopped. I would have run away. I would have got in God's face. But I want you to know today I am declaring that in spite of all of that, I would have despaired unless I had believed believed, believed, unless I had faith that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of where I am living right now. Glory be to God. Somebody say amen. Uh, See, but what the enemy wants to do is he wants to destroy that seed in you of believing that God is good. Tell your neighbor again, God is good. Devil, you can't have our belief in the goodness of God. But if you want to see 
the manifestation of God's goodness. It requires that you have to be willing to wait, watch this, in the middle of the seasons that seem inconsistent with his goodness. What did he say? He said, wait. Wait. He says it twice. He reiterates it. You have to be willing to wait in the middle of seasons that seem inconsistent with God's goodness. Anybody ever been there besides me? Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'm the only one that ever walked through these times or not. If you'll just keep walking, if you'll just keep believing, you'll walk through to the other side. Weeping may endure, but... God can come, good can come out of evil if I'm willing to let God work it. But the battle rages while you're waiting. We're going to close in just a moment. But while you're waiting, the devil's accusing. I want you to say with me this morning, I hate the devil. Look at Revelation chapter 12. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the is cast down. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. Who accuses them before God day and night. He's been cast down. So the devil is the accuser. And here's what I've discovered. He works in two primary areas. He accuses God to us and us to us. You must have done something or else you wouldn't be going through this. Boy, your life is just a mess. I want want everybody to say with me this morning, I'm righteous because somebody else Paid the bill. Now let's add to it. Devil, shut up. You must have done something or God must have done something. And if this auditorium this morning was a courtroom, it could play out before us. We could see it. I can see Satan while you're waiting, while you're in that season of waiting, as he calls Daniel to the witness stand. And he asked Daniel, Daniel, do you solemnly swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help you, he whose name I cannot say. I do. Were you a good man? Yes, I was. Did you worship your God unashamedly? Yes, I did. Did you go into the lion's den? Yes, I did. I have no more questions, your honor. God is not good. He calls Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego to the witness stand. Did you bow your knee? No, we did not. Were you good people? 
Yes, we were. Did you compromise? No, we did not. Did you stay with God in the face of adversity? Yes, we did. And did you go into the fiery furnace? Yes, we did. No more questions. God is not good. He calls Job to the witness stand. Were you a blameless man? Yes, I was. Were you upright? Yes. Did you hate evil? Yes. Did you have much? Yes. And did you lose everything? Yes, I did. You may step down. No more questions. He calls Peter to the witness stand because he not only accuses God, he accuses us. He calls Peter to the witness stand. Peter, were you there in the garden that night? Yes, I was. Did you swing your sword and cut off a man's ear? Yes, I did. What were you trying to cut off? I refused to answer on the grounds it might tend to incriminate me. (laughs) And did you curse and deny him? Yes, I did. No more questions. You are not good. You have failed. But Jesus, being who he is, says, Your Honor, I am here as the advocate. Come on. Oh, I'm here to stand in the place today, and I have a few questions. First of all, Daniel, were you in the lion's den? Yes, I was. What happened? I went to sleep. (laughs) The lions didn't bother you? No. Why not? Because you gave them lockjaw. Based on the evidence, Jesus declares, I declare my God not guilty. He is good. He calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the witness stand. Did you go into the fiery furnace? Yes, we did. What happened? Somebody stepped in there with us, and he looked a lot like you. And on the other end of this thing, we came out, and we didn't even smell like smoke. And before the final chapter was written, we even got a promotion. God is good and God is faithful. Job, you lost everything? Yes. But tell them the end of the story. I got double for everything I lost. And he calls Peter, and we're going to close. He calls Peter to the witness stand and says, Peter, But before you come, I have another witness I would like to bring into the place to share his testimony before this court. Peter, step aside. I call the soldier who was in the garden that night to the witness stand. He takes the stand. Jesus appears before the court and says... Show us your ear. 
some of y'all not getting this. Your Honor, I show this court this day those the accusers have said, Peter, cut his ear off. Show the court your ear. Your Honor, his ear is perfect. His ear is in place. Therefore, based on the evidence, Your Honor, I declare that this case against Peter be thrown out of court on a lack of evidence. Soldier, tell us what happened. Yes, he did cut my ear off, but what happened? He looks at Jesus and says, you fixed it. Tell somebody this morning, he fixed it. He's going to fix your life. He fixed Peter's life. He fixed that guard's ear. I'm telling you, the story, the story of our life is not over until God says it is good. He's going to fix it. He's going to make it right if we will give him access to our life. Oh, my God, I hope y'all are getting something out of this today. I'm trying to shorten this up. There's so much I want to say, but I'm going to keep my word to you. I'm going to tell you, in your life, you know, in the South, we have a way of saying, fixing to. I was preaching in Latvia one time and did that, and they didn't know how to translate it. I'm fixing to do this. I'm fixing to do that. God is fixing to fix some things in your God is fixing to fix some things in your life. And here's the whole point of everything I'm trying to say. While you're waiting, don't allow the accuser to intimidate you, to get in your face about you and get in your face about God. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see, unless I believed, I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. I want everybody in the house to shout today, God, God fixed it. it. Say it this way, God, God fixed my fix. Fixed my fix. He's, up He's up to something. And it's... Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.